0: All right. Good morning,
1: Rockbridge. I know I kind of look like a new face to you. I am. My name is Sarah. Um, my first week here with you, and I'm really excited. Thank you. Uh, but uh, our kids have been going here to thrive, and just it's been home. We actually live right around the corner, so I am so glad to be a part of your family now, um, and just really excited to join you in worship this morning. So let us center our thoughts on God, and our heart's Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this morning, this gorgeous weather in spring, the cool mornings, and the amazing, amazing sunny days. We thank you that the blue bonnets are blossoming, and this is a place that we can see your glory in the creation that you've given us. Fill us with your spirit this morning. Let us give back to you the glory and honor that you deserve. Let us shout your name because you are our triumphant God. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Let's stand as you are able and sing, holy is the Lord.
0: We stand and lift up our hands, For the joy of the Lord is our strength, we bow down and worship him now it f-
1: some time, say hello to one another, we say hello to those who have joined us online, Um, see you Matthew, Michelle, Ken, Debbie, good morning, Um, and let's let our children come up, all you ninos, ninas, come on up,
2: forward as we're visiting, hey, I didn't see you here, how are you, and Cruz here, oh, good, oh, Oh, there you go. Come over here, Jensen. How you all doing today? Good. Good. Uh, did you hear me groan when I sat down? Yeah, I did a lot of flower bed work yesterday. I want to thank everybody that helped, and if you get a chance, look at the flower beds. Come on. All right. So, Knox, I heard you had some big news this week. What what happened yesterday at baseball? He got the game ball. Knox got the game ball yesterday. <laughs> Woo, Knox. Good job, buddy. Look at that. He almost smiled. <laughs> he did. All right. So what if I said you're a doctor? And you said, I'm a doctor. I'm not. You're not. But what if you just said I'm a doctor? It wouldn't be the truth. Why, how, why wouldn't it be the truth? Because I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. How do I know that? No. I don't. So I could. You could tell me you're a doctor and I might believe you. This is confusing, isn't it? <laughs> Are you a policeman? Gents, I could say you're a policeman. No, I can't. No, you can't. Why? Not. You're not. Well, so we could say we are anything. That doesn't mean that we are, does it? Just because we say it doesn't mean that it's necessarily true. Our scripture today that we're going to talk about, and you guys are going to talk about, says that Jesus says that sometimes people will say they're followers of Jesus, but not necessarily. That doesn't mean you're a follower of Jesus. How do we know that we're a follower of Jesus or somebody else is a follower of Jesus? we got to be careful. We don't want to judge people. But how does Jesus tell us that we can know that somebody is a Christian or a follower of Jesus? Oh, oh yes. That's a good broad. He does, you do what he says. But what does that look like? There's one thing Jesus says above all. If we can't remember all what the Bible says and all that Jesus says Because he says a lot. There's one thing we can count on to know we're in the right way, and that's what Jesus says in the Gospel of John. He says, The world will know that you follow me, that you're my disciples, if you love one another. All right? So we can say, if we're ever checking ourselves, am I being a good follower of Christ? Then we can ask ourselves, How am I loving other people? Am I loving them like Jesus loves me? And if we are, then we're probably on the right path. Right? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for each one of these children and the families they represent. I just ask your richest blessing upon each one. Help us all to let the world know that we are truly disciples of Christ, followers of Jesus, by how we love one another. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Y'all go with Allison? No, oh! oh, excuse me. Oh, oh, ministry moment. Sit up here with me. We'll do ministry
0: me. moment and then we'll do video announcements.
2: Okay, come, come here.
3: Come, come, sit back down. Oh, come sit back, sit back, 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 back down now. the front. This is to do with you anyway. Excellent. You can sit wherever you like. There we go. All right. So I'm going to come in front of you a little bit so you can see. So I'm looking a little bit springy, a little bit festive, I am here today to talk to you about it's not pumpkin patch. Help them out. What am I here to talk about? Okay. All right. So our Easter egg hunt and festivities that are happening next Saturday in the meadow from 10 to 2. So it's coming together. We have got almost enough eggs for the hunt. There's almost we're getting up close to 2,000 eggs that you all have stuffed so thank you very much you guys you stuff eggs like nobody else I've ever encountered. Um, If you have um, still um, eggs that you are in the process of filling at home please do fill them and bring them in Um, but please do not buy any more. Okay, because we think we're, we think we might we think we may be good for eggs. Um, thank you to those people who came and spruced up the grounds yesterday. They're looking amazing. The meadow looks fabulous, which is where we're going to be holding the event. Um, and the weather is coming together for us as well. It's going to be sunny, 85 degrees next Saturday, so that's awesome. All right, um, I've had some people ask me during this week. Um, what roles do you still have um, remaining to come along and, and serve and, and help out? Um, we've we've got people for quite a few roles, but there are still quite a few vacancies. If you would like to come to come along, um, that would be awesome. So, um, so what have we got? We've got people for face painting. We've got people for some games. Got people for bubbles. Got people for the craft tables. They're all full, which is great. Um, so roles that we still have. General setup from 8:30 a.m. in the morning. Um, to set up the hunt, we'll be moving a bit of furniture, so chairs and tables, putting those out, putting up the signs for the games in the meadows, so that when people come up to run their game, they know where to take their stuff to set up. Um, a, if you would like to run a game. That would be awesome. We've got, um, at the moment I've got three families running games, but we've got enough games for four more individuals or partners or small groups to run games. Um, So if you'd like to, please come and see me after the service. It will be simple. I guarantee that. You will get your equipment. You will get a list of instructions, simple instructions for set up and play and you will get a bag of prizes and a marker for the children to stand and queue up on and that will be it. That's all you have to do. Nothing else. No purchasing required, nothing. Um, the games that are remaining. Okay, what are these games? Ladybug Toss, Match a Duck,
0: mm-hmm.
3: Leaping Frogs, and The Rabbit Toss. No. Not a real rabbit. No. A- <laughs> A stuffed rabbit. <laughs> they, they, haven't you seen them? They're bounding. They like jumping. We're just enhancing their natural, you know, <laughs> tendencies there. So, you're all going to be gentle. I've seen you with animals. You're all gentle. You're all gentle. Oh, we have a question. What's your question? How does, how does the um, um, stuffed animal bunny hop? <laughs> well, well, I tell you what, we'll, we'll, we'll do we'll do some practice over in the portables after we go over, all right? All right. Um, okay, um, I'm also after a couple of people to rotate around um, every hour or so and actually relieve the families that are running the games so that, they can, so that that family can then take their own kids around. At the moment, it's just me in that role doing that. But if there's one or two other people, that would be, that would be really good. Um, we have a bunny, but we need some bunny to lead the bunny around the meadow so that bunny doesn't have an accident... In the costume, so that would be that would be great. I'm after someone to do that. Um, a person to assist the photographer. So through a connection through the, Rus- the Austin Russian Academy, I believe we have a professional photographer that will be coming. We're going to set up a um, a staged area in the living room so you can actually have family photos done with the Easter Bunny. Um, that. I believe he's actually he's he's quite skilled. So, um, but someone to assist the photographer, just in terms of crowd control and writing down the names of the families, so that they can be sent their photos, would be great. If we're able to orchestrate it, that would be awesome. Um, and someone or a couple of someone's to man. With 85 degrees, I'd really like to make water available for the children that are coming. And I'm thinking that that could be good to combine that with a Rockbridge Church information table so that we have information about our church, about our programs, and you can come and get a cup of water. Um, Pretty simple to run. You could even just sit there in a chair and and do that. Um, But that would be good. Um, I'm hoping to get a hold of some water dispensers for that. If you're the kind of family that goes camping and you have a couple of big water dispensers at home that you wouldn't mind loaning, that would be great. And if anyone can think of a reason why I can't use some of the masses of plastic cups that are Stuffed into the cupboards in the kitchens. <laughs> I don't know if they're designated for something else, please let me know otherwise I'll be using those. Um, <laughs> and then it's always good to ask, isn't it? Um, and then we've got general pack up and clean up from from 2 p.m. So if you you know you get into the worship and you forget everything I've said, these roles are actually up on the board um, in the living room. You can have another look on on the way out. Um, the only other thing that we're asking for your assistance with is promoting the event. So, we have signage up the front. There's more going up tomorrow. Um, we've registered with Community Connect and Patch.com. And Ashley has put the details up on, on Facebook. So, if you could, through social media, share um, the details of that event through your networks, that would be appreciated. Um, we're looking forward to a really, really fun event saturday so i hope you all can come get some sun and make friends in the meadow thanks
0: okay we'll do our video announcements Men's Breakfast is this Wednesday, April 6th at 6.30 a.m. at Rockbridge. The devotional topic is, look out below! Breakfast will be provided. Bring your favorite beverage and a friend. Thank you to everyone who has donated fill eggs for the Easter egg hunt. We have enough eggs for two out of the three hunts. So please bring filled eggs to the half-walled room if you would like to donate. Spring Fest is April 9th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. with the egg hunt starting at 11 a.m.
2: All right, that was a lot of information, uh, but we are looking for uh, a lot of help. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody that has uh, showed up yesterday, and flower beds look fantastic. So, if you get a chance, admire um, them and all the work that was done. Um, we come to church to step out of the busyness of the world, to uh, get connected to God, or maybe reconnected, or maybe we have some obstacles that are preventing the flow of God's Spirit in our lives. Um, Maybe we've had a great week, and we felt the Spirit of God throughout this whole week, and we need to come and to share that with other members. So we get connected to God through worship, through the Word, through prayer um, when we come on Sundays, but we also get connected by being connected to other people that have God's Spirit and seek it. And so this is a time to rejuvenate, to revive, uh, to refocus And to remind ourselves that we serve a a glorious, loving, merciful God. Um, So uh, as we go into prayer time, as we come to a time of um, praying over our offering, um, let the Holy Spirit speak to your hearts, reveal to you uh, what might be inhibiting the flow of God's grace and mercy and spirit in your life. That you might leave it here. Uh, That you would leave it on the altar, so to speak, and let God do a marvelous work in your heart, in your lives, um, in your families. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day, and Lord, I thank you for this body of Christ, that we can feel the spirit of Christ when we come into this place, when we come into your presence, when we come into the presence of one another. Lord, help us to be people of your Spirit, people of mercy and forgiveness and love, people that are different than the world, that don't expect anything uh, when we show grace and mercy. But we love others because you first loved us, and you call us to be agents of your grace and mercy in this world. So, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would fill us and mold us and make us into those people, that are agents of light and grace uh, in our communities and in this world. Lord, we pray that you'd bless the offering for that very purpose. Lord, that we would um, be your light in this community, Uh, that people that come through that door would feel your presence in forgiveness and grace. Lord, help us to be followers of Christ, uh, not in name only, but in word, in deed, in heart, and in spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: above all else we surrender all of us to you all the broken places all of our joys our triumphs and we lay them at your feet because you have so much better for us you rejoice with us you mourn with us you are our god you are a friend you are a daddy I just love the way that Jesus teaches us to pray that he says, Our Father, our Daddy. We don't have to come bearing all these glorious names or anything, although God deserves that. We come and we just say, We're your children, our Daddy. So let's join together with all the saints and say the Lord's Prayer Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
2: Amen. You may be seated. Uh, thank you all. And thank you, Sarah and Phil, for being here. We're excited that y'all are here with us today. All right. Um, Yeah, forgive me. I think that mulch. I have a little bit of an allergy head today, a little stuffed up, but it was worth the price. Um, We're continuing in our series on Matthew chapter 7 for our Lent series. And last week we talked about false teachers, false prophets. And this week, we're going to follow up with talking about false disciples and what what does that look like. So um, our scripture comes out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, if you haven't caught that by now. Uh, And today it is uh, verses 21 and 23. Listen for the word of the Lord. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? In your name, did we not drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I pray that you would guide the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth, that each one that is gathered here today by the power of your Holy Spirit would receive the message that you have for them. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as I shared with the kids, you know, we can say we are anything. Uh, We see movies about con people and they tell you one thing, and um, that doesn't necessarily mean that is who they say they are. And especially today in the Christian world, uh, just because someone labels themselves a Christian or a Christian church or um, whatever it might be, we have to be discerning of um, the spirit in which they say this. Are they really that? Now, this is a, a, a dangerous area because we can fall into judgment real quick. And this is kind of a scary scripture if you think about it. Uh, we talk about assurance. We talk about um, that we, we, we can be assured in our salvation and that kind of thing. And then we hear this scripture, these words right from Jesus' mouth that uh, some of us in that day are going to come and say, Jesus, I did all of this in your name, and he's going to tell us, go away, I never knew you. I don't know about you, but that makes me a little nervous. Right, I mean, that, that's something we probably need to explore a little bit. He says, unless you do and obey all the things of my father, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, that's a problem because we know we cannot follow the law completely. Um, and so that does not bode well for us. But that's part of all of, Ma- all of the Sermon on the Mount is he is, is talking about the holiness of God and bringing the law to such an extreme that we finally understand we can't keep the law. And understand, Jesus has not been uh, crucified or resurrected yet, so they don't know and fully understand what's going to happen. But Jesus is beginning to teach to, so that when it does, it all comes together by the power of the Holy Spirit. He, takes, he tells them in John, all this stuff I'm teaching you that you might not understand will become clear to you when you receive the Holy Spirit. And so he tells them, go and wait. Don't do anything until you receive and this becomes clear. And so to clarify this in the terms that we're talking about it today, we understand that it is not just what you say with your mouth. In Romans uh, chapter 10, it tells us that we must believe, or we must confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. So it's, it's two pieces to that. So just because we confess with our mouth that we follow Christ— that we're a disciple of Christ, does not make us a follower of Christ. It's part of it. We know a lot of people throughout history have uh, claimed to be followers of Christ that we heard about last week were false teachers, doing it for selfish ambitions, uh, Paul tells us, doing it for selfish motivations, And that just because they say they're Christian or they say they're following Jesus doesn't necessarily mean that they are. And so we have to be discerning of that, and to be discerning, we have to know Scripture. Scripture helps us to know the nature of God so that we can line these things up. We talked about that last week, that a lot of these things, the the false prophets and false teachers, the, the, the dramatic ones like Jim Jones, David Koresh, and... We could name some TV evangelists and different lines of that. Um, they are all saying that they are followers of Christ, but that doesn't mean that they are. Their actions say something different. And if we knew Scripture, it wouldn't take long for somebody to go into Scripture, study God's nature, and say, I don't think what you're doing or what we're beginning to do lines up with this. And so we have to be discerning. Um, But we can't judge other people. I can't sit here and say, well, I know Neil says he's a a, a believer in Christ, but I don't know. I picked you because other people I would have made nervous. We all know you are. (laughs) We all know you are. But we can't judge that. I can't judge that. Jesus is very clear on judging people. I can't judge what is in somebody else's heart. And so remember a few sermons back, we talked about the splinter in someone else's eye and the plank in our eye and the part of that message was tend to yourself. See, that's what's a problem with Christianity a lot of times. We get a little self-righteous and we want to tend to Christian business, but we want to tend to other people's business. And Jesus says, no, you tend to, you got enough on your own plate, in your own eye, you tend to that. And so when we're talking about um, that question of, am I going to be one of those? Am I going to be one of those that says, hey, I did all this, Lord, I was a pastor for 22 years. And he goes, get away, I never knew you. Right? That kind of concerns me. So... We don't judge other people, but we can question ourselves. And I'll tell you, I'll give you a few things to help you say, am I going to be one of those people? One, if you're worried about it or you're questioning it, that's a good sign. Because that shows humility, Right, that you're not automatically just putting yourself in that list uh, based on what you do and what you what you've accomplished, and so there's a humility to say, "Man, I hope that's not me. I I want to I want to be a true follower of Christ." And so, there's a problem when we begin in any area of Christianity, in any area of our walk, when we start to become self-righteous and we begin to think it's about us. Because on the converse of that, if you have some humility to think maybe that's not, that could be me, on the converse of that is that thinking it's a red flag if you think, oh, I'm for sure in Right? That you have that assurance that, oh, yeah, there's guaranteed. I go to church all the time. I, I worked in the flower beds. I, I did all this other stuff, right? I, I'm, I'm for sure it. The problem with that is that is based on self-righteousness, not God's righteousness. It is based on what we have done and what we do and all about us. And that's not assurance. That's Arrogance. And that's why we have to fight. Jesus talks to the Pharisees about this. He says, and I know I've said this before, but I told you it's one of my favorite scriptures to understand what it is to be a follower of Christ. When Jesus tells the Pharisees, stop messing with the outside of your cup. Work on the inside of your cup. You spend all your time shining up the outside of your cup appearances, confessing with your lips, right? And making yourself look good, but the inside of your cup is rotten. Jesus is trying to tell him that's somebody that's going to be on that list. And so, don't we, we, we as, as in church community, oftentimes worry way too much about airs and appearances of looking righteous. Jesus says, "I don't care so much about that." Did you see my disciples? They are very rough around the edges. And if that's what it I loved when I had that revelation, because oh, his disciples were rough on the edges, and their outside of their cup was not hundred percent clean. I was like, I'm in. That's me. I, I'm good. I can be one. Because what God worries about is in here. And that's what He's trying to tell, Jesus is trying to tell us in the scripture. I don't care what you look like or what you said, what's in your heart. I don't care if you confess with your lips. Even, I got news for you. Even if you've, this, don't think this is sacrilegious. This is, even if you have had the water poured on you or dunked in it, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. We all, the, the definition of baptism is an outward invisible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. So unless that outward invisible sign is, is connected to an in uh, in in inward visible, uh, invisible grace and transformation, it doesn't mean anything. It's what is in your heart. Confess with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. And that means we're not necessarily perfect. It didn't say in those days people are going to come and, and they're going to say uh, they did all these things and they did all these things and that... Come on in. We're going to say, they did all these things in my name, in name only. Not in truth, not in spirit, in name only. And so we have to make sure that we're not just giving lip service to our faith. Is it just an, another one of many things? Or do I believe in the Lord Jesus with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul? Does it mean that I'm perfect? Does it mean I don't make mistakes? That's another reason we can't judge. Because you could be sincere about your faith and you could be one of those that Jesus is going to be on the right. In Matthew 24, he says right and left. And you're going to go into the kingdom. Or or other words, you could be Sure of your salvation, but that doesn't mean that you don't have unhealthiness in your life. Doesn't mean that you're not saved. Because we're still human, we're still in this world, and so I believe in God and Jesus Christ with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul. Doesn't mean that I don't have unhealthy periods in my life, or there's obstacles in my way. We can still be unhealthy as Christians. That's why we come to church, to try to get that stuff out. You know, and we talk about this. If you're not feeling the the fruits of the Spirit in your life, that doesn't necessarily mean you're not Christian. That just means there's some unhealthiness in your life you need to deal with. You need to get out of the way. Open up that flow. You got a clogged drain. So so how, how do we tell? Those are some things that we got to be careful of. But how do we know that it's in heart? That, that it's not just in word or lip service, but it's also in the heart. Remember, it's not perfection. That's a sacrilegious as a Wesley theo, theologian. We're striving for it. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. But we can tell. Jesus t- tells us. Scripture tells us. There's some things. And I'm not saying... We can't have assurance. We're the assurance people. Wesley's heart was strangely warm. All the Holy Spirit stuff, we're the grandfather denomination to all of that stuff. So yes, we can have assurance of the Spirit. Not just me saying it, Scripture says it. Uh, Romans 8 says, His Spirit testifies to my spirit that I am a child of God, that I know deep within my heart. Like Wesley's experience in in the chapel." He heard um, the the commentary to Luther being read about Romans, and he said, in my heart, I I felt assured that God does love me. And so we have that of the Holy Spirit. The witness of the Spirit is true, and we can feel that. We know that we know that we know. But there's also some tangible things Scripture teaches us, that Jesus teaches us. One, how do we forgive people? Forget about moralism and social progression and all this stuff. How do we live out the key aspects? Do we, can we forgive people? When we think about the different things um, in Luke, 17, 3 and 4, it says, If your brother and sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back saying, I repent, you must forgive them. In another gospel, it says 77 times. 77 times 7. So we have to be forgiven. So we know that we're in the right place if we can forgive others. Because how can we say, and Scripture teaches us, how can we say that we have been forgiven by God Almighty through Jesus Christ because of our sinfulness and our humanness? How can we say that we have been forgiven? How can we understand that forgiveness if I can't forgive somebody else for some trivial thing? We might think it's the biggest thing in the world, but compared to our sin, compared to the sin of the world, compared to what God's dealing with in all creation, it's a trivial thing. And so scripture tells us, if we can't forgive other people, we need to question, have I really true, truly received forgiveness? Because if I have received the forgiveness that God has bestowed on me through Jesus Christ, there's nobody else I can forgive. I don't deserve that. See, when we, we, when we think about forgiving somebody else, it doesn't matter if they deserve it or not. I don't deserve the forgiveness I received from Christ. And since I understand that, I know I'm called to forgive other people. So if you're be able to forgive, that's a good sign that you're on the right track. And then mercy Tied to forgiveness. Do you show mercy? Uh, there's a scripture in Matthew, the, chapter 18, that talks, the title is The Unmerciful Servant. And he owes the king, many of you probably know it, he owes the king a bunch of money, high dollar stuff he could never pay, and the king shows him mercy. And then he goes out to a servant that owes him just a pittance, just a pitiful amount, and he has him thrown in jail. And Jesus tells him, says, no, you can't. I showed you this kind of mercy, the the theme of the parable. I showed you this kind of mercy, this greater mercy, and you couldn't show mercy to someone else. You're on the wrong track. You're not getting it. That's what Jesus' message to the Pharisees, the religious leaders. You're not getting it. You're worried about all the show and the pomp and the circumstances, but your heart is rotten. You're not showing mercy. You're not showing forgiveness. You're on the wrong side of this. And then finally, this one couldn't be more clear. We talk about it a lot. And this is where I think the church universal has dropped its witness. And it's so clear. It just boggles my mind. If we don't do this, and you know what? I didn't make that up. It's in the scripture. If we don't do this, we might as well shut the doors. It doesn't matter how great our Bible study is. doesn't matter how great worship is. doesn't matter any of this stuff. If we don't do this, Jesus says, How will the world know you are my disciples, one of the ones that will enter the kingdom of heaven, how you love one another? Above all things, that is our number one thing that we are supposed to do, and that we let church... Policy, politics, organization, bureaucracy come in, and it becomes all about that, and people are fighting and tearing each other down. Uh, I don't know anything about that in our denomination, but I just said that because we're on tape. Uh, and, then, and then people, you heard me say this, and now you'll hear me say it again. The world walks in and says, how is that different than the world? The answer is, it's not So how, if you have any question, one, it's good that you're humble enough to worry. Maybe I'm one of those. But if you're questioning it, you're probably not. Then also, how are you loving? How are you forgiving? How are you showing mercy? In Malachi, they're just going through the motions. The last book of the Old Testament, the people are just going through the motions. And that ticks God off more than anything, even the rebellion. He says, you're just going through the motions. This isn't real. It's lip service. You don't mean this. I can tell by the, the sacrifices you're bringing. You don't mean this. Just shut the temple doors. You're wasting your time and my time. Because if we're not showing forgiveness then we're not showing the grace of God to the world which is available to him. If we're not showing mercy, we're not being God's nature in the body of Christ, that it is mercy. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, is what God says. And finally, if we're not loving one another, it doesn't matter what festivities, what activities, what things we do. We need to shut the temple doors. And as I said earlier, I didn't make this up. It says there in scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in tongues of men of angels and do not have love, I'm only a resounding dog and a clanging cymbal. If I have a gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to the hardships that I may boast, but do not love, I gain nothing. It's not rocket science. We just get in the way. How are we loving? How are we forgiving? How do we show mercy? Those will enter the kingdom of heaven. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy, for your patience. Lord, help us to be filled to overflowing with your spirit, individually and collectively, that all those that we come in contact with, all those that come through those doors, Lord, that we would be your people and they would feel your spirit, your presence. And because your presence is abundant, they would feel the spirit of grace and of mercy, of forgiveness and love. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done and praise you for all that you will do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. On the night in which he was to give himself up for us, Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body broken for you. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink of this cup, Jesus said, do it in remembrance of what I have done for you. Well, those that are in the band and the ushers, please come forward for communion. And stand right up in here. As, as you come forward, uh, for now, we're doing it by the little cups, and you will see how we do it here in just a second. Um, let's see. One of you two want to come up and. Jeremy, this is the body of Christ broken for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Serve me. Amen. This is the body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you. Amen. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you. Okay. Here, you take that because it's kilos, take a couple just in case, and I need to break off a piece for the kids. There you go. If you need more bread, I'll keep an eye out. All right, our servers will be standing over there. We kind of work the flow this way, and you're back to your seats. Um, The altar is open. Uh, The table is set as you are led. Please come.
0: I'm finding I can't do this on my own I don't know where to go from here As long as I know that you are near I'm done fighting I'm finally letting go I will trust in you You've never failed before I will trust in you If there's a road I should walk, help me find. I've never been alone. Even when it hurts, you'll have your way. Even in the valley, I will say, With every breath, I'll never let me go. I will wait for you. You've never failed before. I will wait for you. to run
2: Amen. Loaves and fishes, we multiplied just enough grape juice. We had one cup left. But Yes, yes, no, that's a celebration. You know, after, it's just little things like that after two years of pandemic and, you know, that that just give you huge uh, celebrations and warms my heart to see that. So great, great issue to have. And I think we'll probably have to re. Ah, forget that. All right. All right, as we leave this place, remember that God loves you. God forgives you. God shows you mercy. And he calls us to love others, to forgive others, and show his mercy to others. In Jesus' name.